Mountain Dew. I did have an energy drink like four hours ago, so I guess I'm staying up till 4 a.m. Keith McPherson on the fan, taking you till 2 a.m. Talking sports. We've gone off on a tangent. I was just talking to Marco about PNC Park, man. That is one of the best places in baseball for so many reasons. Uh, I'm a Roberto Clemente guy. If you haven't heard me talk about Roberto Clemente and his story and what he means, I feel like uh, we should take every opportunity we can to talk about Roberto Clemente and educate. And if you go out to Pittsburgh and go to the museum, there's a lot you can learn about him out there. I actually got to go back there because I was too young and focused on other things. Like, I didn't really take it all in. I was hungover. Uh, And speaking of being hungover, man, I remember going all the way to the top behind home plate. And I was just talking to Marco about that view of, like, the river and the bridges and the city. It's probably one of the best backdrops in baseball. And when you see it on TV, it's cool. But when you see it in real life, it's like a painting. It's it's crazy. Uh, The food out there, good. Um, The pierogi race, iconic. Uh, so many different, like, it's a small ballpark, but there's so many different bars and places to tuck into and so many themes. Like, the Pirates sell those, like, uh, parrots, the buckos. Um, I went out there to see the Yankees in 2017, and uh, I wore, like, my Yogi Berra shirt, so people gave me love for that. And I don't know. I had a good time in, in Pittsburgh, Wrigley, Dodger Stadium, of course, Uh, Target Field, I went to the All-Star game in 2014, Jeter's last All-Star game, and Target Field was fairly new, Um, and I I always remember it was just like too packed. I don't don't think they were ready for the amount of people that were showing up for that. I remember the concourse got packed where like it it was like sardine cans, you couldn't move, but um, Minnesota, you know, they actually have a a new ballpark, nice ballpark. It was in 2014 when I went. Uh, we were with the fan cave, so I got to go on that field and step in the batter's box. I got a hit off of, I forget who it was, some catcher from the Twins that played in the 90s. And, uh, yeah, Minnesota is great if you ever get a chance to go to Target Field. Big ballpark. Um, I remember John Carlos Stanton hitting bombs out there. I remember I called that Yoannis Cespedes will win the home run derby out there. I could go on and on and on. Let's take another call. Thomas is in Hackettstown, New Jersey on the fan. You got it, Thomas. Hey, Keith, how you doing? Great, man. Thanks for calling. No, no problem. I, I've been to PNC. It was at PNC Field, PNC Park, the one in Pittsburgh. Yep. I had a cousin lived out there. We bought tickets. I go, you know, like to go to my seat like a regular fan would. He goes, dude, it's not like New York. He goes, just go behind home plate. We sat in all 30... Not even 15 rows behind home plate, mm-hmm. and I love that park. I got love from that I park. Am, was great. I am so glad you I said that. I had such a good time. Let me let me jump in here. That's something you'll notice when you go to other ballparks. There is security, but the security at Yankee Stadium is the tightest security in baseball by far. <clears throat> like, the security at Yankee Stadium, you would think that they're prison guards. You would think that, like, like they hated the fans It's like there. Newark Airport. <laughs> It's like Newark Airport. They yell at you. They're aggressive. And I have friends at Yankee Stadium that do security. Shout out to y'all. See you soon. And I always say, listen, not everybody comes to Yankee Stadium every week, every month. Some people show up there one time and they wild out. They don't know where they are. So the security has to establish dominance. What do I mean by that? Security yells and they tell you what to do so that you know they are in control in that ballpark. You are not in control. Like in the bleachers. 
if you step up on that grass that separates, like the <laughs> like, you'll get thrown out. You can't like people will go, yeah. get crazy and try and stand up there. They'll throw you out. Mm -hmm. um, watch your language, and you better yeah. have your ticket. You better have the ticket for the seat you're in. Sometimes you can get away with it, but like somebody's gonna pull up and say, "Hey, those are my seats." Next thing you know, do we have a problem? Here comes security to get you out of that seat. And I've been in a situation. I think I told this story on the radio last year. I had a kid say to me, I had about six tickets on my seat or uh, on my phone. I had this kid sitting in my seat, and I'm like, yo, bro, just bump down. And he makes a big scene. Security pulls up. They look at me. They're like, show us your phone. I have six tickets. I have Legends tickets. I have my WFAN tickets. I have Bleacher tickets. Mm -hmm. And then this kid can't produce a ticket, so they kick him out of the seat. I'm like, I tried to avoid that, bro. All I told you to do was bump down. I knew security was going to kick you out. Go ahead. Yeah. And, you know, Pittsburgh is just a great – I love Yankee Stadium, man. The subway, the field, the ethnicity, it is great yeah. to go, man. Yeah. You know, $50 for parking, who don't love that? No, I'm just kidding. But, you know. <laughs> no, but the sound of the train at Yankee Stadium is iconic. Oh, the four man. train going through, it's like, all right, we're back. Yeah. And Oh, yeah. And I've been to Wrigley, too. Me and my wife, I've kind of dragged her along, like, on vacations. We went on our honeymoon. We went to the one that was at Tampa, the Rays one. Mm -hmm. And she's, like, a good sport about it. But we went to Wrigley, and it was when Ichiro was trying to go, I believe it was the, what, 500 hits? Okay. Or maybe I'm wrong. Correct me. You're a baseball enthusiast yeah, the, for the me, itchy I think, me, but... The itchy meter. Yeah. So we go to Wrigley. I got a nice seat, lower level, I think. I got a good price. Day game. The Cubs win bottom of the ninth. That place erupted. We partied in Wrigleyville all day. So the Cubs and the Pittsburgh, they're my, you know, the two teams I got love for because I love Pittsburgh, and Wrigley was just a blast. It's so cool. Awesome call. Thank you for that call, Thomas. You just unlocked another story. So when the Yankees went to Wrigley in 2017, we swept them, boys. I have a video of me and my boy Mike. I don't know. We were messing around. I find a broom in Wrigley and that Sunday night game, that Sunday night game went long. I remember just like running around with the broom, but I think the first game of that series, or maybe it was the Saturday game of that series, I'm sitting in the bleachers and they're talking trash. They're talking big to me. Uh, all the Cubs fans around me. So I start making side bets, $20 with everyone around me. that The Yankees will win $20, $20, $20. $20. I came up a hundo. Brett Gardner was in left field. We're in the left field bleachers, and they're dog and guard. You're bald. You're short. You have no arm. And Ball I'm trail. like, we. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm like, don't listen to him, Guardy. We love you, Guardy. I need a Guardy party the whole game. I need a Guardy party. Brett Gardner hits a bomb to right field that ends up winning that game. He's pumped up. He's I think fired top up. Nine. Late in that game. And so now, and I had the video, I got to produce the video somewhere on my Twitter. Now I'm giving it back to all the Cubs fans. Respect us. We're the New York Yankees. When we come to your ballpark, show some respect. I'm like, where's my money? And I start collecting money, and then, like, people are starting to get, you know, they, they got to file out, but people are starting to get rowdy. And luckily I had, like, some friends with me and my boy Martin. Shout out to Martin, uh, who does security. He did security at the Fan Cave. Big Yankees fan. He happened to pull up with us. So Martin is with me. Martin is like 6'5", 280. Nobody was doing anything. But that was one of the most epic games I ever went to. I was on the Yes Network because they saw me with my just my Yankees jacket, Yankee hat, like like lone Yankee fan in a sea of uh, Cubs fans. 
And, man, after that game, they, they're so used to losing, right? The Cubs fans, they, they got over it. We went into lovable the— Lovable losers. The lovable losers. We went into the bars in Wrigleyville. We partied that whole night, Did man. you go to the Cubby Bear? Of course. Yeah, it's like a I don't remember all the bar. names of the bars, but there's so many iconic bars right outside. The Cubby Bear, when they were in the World Series, they were charging a $600 face charge just to get into the Cubby Bear. Bro, I checked with a couple of the homies about going out there, and I and I didn't go. I'm like, that's not my place. That's not my party. I'm not a Cubs fan. Um, but yet, I mean, everything changed when they won the World Series. I went out there before they won the World Series. In 2014, I went to their Christmas party, which is called T-Box. Uh, anybody from Chicago that's listening knows what T-Box is. Like, we're drinking Jameson out of the bottle 7 a.m. I'm dressed as Rudolph the Reindeer. <laughs> we, we tore it up. What, a, what an image. <laughs> Bro, we tore it up. Uh, I can't even really remember the end of the night. Met some girls from University of Wisconsin. <laughs> uh, Wrigleyville is legit, and, like, the Cubs have a legit ballpark environment. Now, um, the last time I went out there, I went and I stayed at the hotel. Theo Epstein, I call it Theo World. He built up that whole surrounding area. They have, like, a movie theater they have, like, a bowling alley, re- nice restaurants. There's and condos right across the street, like, brand-new condos that are gorgeous. I swear my boy Mike and his girl live in those condos. Wow. I've, I've been in the pool over there. Like, I, I've been deep into the uh, cubby world, Wrigleyville, and I stayed at Hotel Zachary last June or two Junes ago. It's a brand-new hotel right across the street from Wrigleyville if you – uh, plan a trip to go see the Cubs or go to Chicago. Definitely stay at Hotel Zachary and uh, go see the Cubs. New, um, it's not even new. It's just renovated Wrigleyville and then like Theo World all around it. it it's it's a great. There's experience. a really sick if you're into baseball stadiums out there. There's a really good documentary on on YouTube about the uh, transformation of, Wrig- of Wrigley Field and Wrigleyville mm-hmm. when they built it up. I think the renovation started in 2013, 14, whenever they started rebuilding it. And one of the things they showed was how they built the Cubs' uh, new clubhouse and training area because the old clubhouse was like a literally, I mean, it was a room that was just right next to the dugout, and that was it. And they didn't have room inside the stadium. They actually dug underneath Wrigleyville, like across the street, and they used all that space underground to actually build up that. Now they got the, the you know the full-on training center down there, the clubhouse, the weight room. Everything's now underground, yeah. like across the street from Wrigley Field. It's actually it's it's miraculous how they did it, but it's 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 incredible. I mean, Wrigley Field now is it's like a brand new stadium. They've really rebuilt the entire thing. It's incredible. Sluggers. Now I'm looking at the map. Sluggers is a classic place uh, right outside Wrigley Field. They have a batting cage yep, in there. Yep. They let people get drunk and actually go into the batting cage. Bro, there's a taco spot uh, right by the subway out there. That's iconic. That I, I've been in. I've been in there blacked out. Uh, having a good time. What other spots are out there? I don't know. Happy Camper. It's so much better than the White Sox Stadium. It's not even close. The White Sox Stadium, it's it's big, I guess. <laughs> uh, and it's not that nice, food, though. The food is good in there. Yeah, but I, I did have a Chicago dog when I was in there. That the was food all right. is good in there. I would say that the food is good in there. But other than that, the only thing I liked about it was they, they give out like free bags and hats. Like, they're giving away any Chicago White Sox merch. I well, didn't I think it was that impressive. The, I've been in their, like, their Audi club, like, their buffet nice section down on, down, like, the right field line. That was cool. Uh, my boy Stanton, who was in the fan cave with me, he ended up leaving the fan cave and working for the White Sox ticket sales. 
So I've been on the field. I've been in the in the um, clubhouse. I've been in a few places in guaranteed low rate field or guaranteed rate field. It used to be um, all tell. No, it used to be U.S. Cellular. U.S. Cellular. Yep. And before that, I mean, Comiskey was there. That's one of those things where I should just keep Comiskey Park, though. Like, yeah. I, I, you want that old school, like, vibe. Like, those parks are so cool to me. Like, the old like the old 1900s ones, like, that's awesome to me. I almost, like, selfishly wish there was still a Brooklyn team playing, like, like the Dodgers. Like, Ebbets, Ebbets imagine Field. if Ebbets Field was still around. How cool would that be? <laughs> like, it would be awesome. It would be awesome. It would be great. Let's go to Paul in Memphis, Tennessee. Hey, Keith. Paul from Memphis again. And uh, I just wanted to say that. Thank you for just bringing up these memories of these great ballparks around the U.S. I'm friends with Paul Goldberg, who used to be the architectural critic for the New York Times. He did a book about all the different types of ballparks throughout the United States. And I decided, as just an independent you know, lover of baseball, to start visiting all these different groups. At the same time, I got hired by a group that was doing the brand-new San Francisco Giants ballpark, which was originally a candlestick and then moved. This is 1996-1997, right? And I got to visit a lot of different ballparks to start to benchmark as an architect how the experience that you guys are describing over the past half hour, it's been fantastic, about what's the memory that you guys have, right? And... What we've come up with, which is just an amazing, you know, convergence of of, of reality and, and 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 the new world of of things like the metaverse, are now starting to come together. Because what we need to do is make sure that the city council and the mayor and the different stakeholders within the Sepsico Giants uh, world in 1997 would be able to view what their new stadium was supposed to be like. So we put it onto a brand new thing called a gaming engine, and we created a metaverse in 1997. So Mark Zuckerberg did not create this crap, okay? <laughs> this has been 20 years in the making of using a web browser to start to create experience. So let's go to, to, to 2001. Back in then, Cal Ripken was in his final season uh, dealing with, with, uh, you know, uh, his, you know, being, uh, you know, promoted as, you know, the finest individual in his position and rightfully so, and yada, yada, yada. But during a, a October 5th, 2001 game, I went to Camden Yards and to see the fans that were there to interface with that moment in time I would challenge that, although I am a lifelong Yankee fan and always will be a Yankee fan, and the cathedral is Yankee Stadium, when you take a look at those moments, those moments within these stadiums, does that not define what that particular culture, that particular community, that type of thing brings forward as why those different Entities like Wrigley Park, like Camden Yards, become what they are. And I'd love to get your, your, your perspective on how those moments make the place rather than the place making the sport. Yeah, you're 100% correct. And, like, when I think of these places, you know, I, I don't necessarily even remember the games. I don't, I don't necessarily remember exactly who was on the field or, you know, 
where we were in the season, I remember the ambiance and the energy and the culture and what the food smelled like and what the people were like and where they ate and where they drank and their customs. And, you know, uh, like Miller Park, they have cheese curds. You can't get any cheese curds in Yankee Stadium. That's specific to their <laughs> park. You know, every everyone has their, like, local customs and traditions and it, it's it's great to go to these different ballparks and get to learn about each one. And that's why this whole thing started with us, you know, saying Yankee Stadium, like that's our we love the Yankees. That's our ballpark. They probably should have just renovated old Yankee Stadium, but you know, new Yankee Stadium is perfectly fine. But it Amen. is not it. It is not the end all be all. It is not the best. I wouldn't even say it's top ten or fifteen experiences um, in Major League Baseball. It's it's actually a hassle to get in and out of. Uh, the parking is expensive. The trains are crowded, and, like, if you show up to Yankee Stadium, like, first time I ever went to Yankee Stadium, I got a ticket for not using a, uh, the Metro card right. Like, I swiped the Metro card, and me and my girl tried to, like, go through at the same time on one Metro. It was, like, stupid. We ended up getting a ticket. It, like, ruined the experience right away. This was years <laughs> ago. I don't even know what year it was. But, like, when you don't know Yankee Stadium, it is intimidating. It's daunting. It's scary. It takes a while to, like, really get used to going up there. The rest of these ballparks, or not all of them, but a lot of these other ballparks in other cities are more, like, friendly, welcoming, and, like, people will, like, help you out and show you the way. You know, so with with that in mind, uh, the conversation that, that you're having just before about the different experiences within those different, uh, uh, you know, locales of Major League Baseball. Living here in Memphis, we have a Triple A team that, funds the uh, St. Louis Cardinals up in St. Louis. And it is such an experience that is low cost. But what we do is that it creates that sense of community. And, you know, I think that that is the growth of a great sport like baseball, which is how do you get the younger kids to pay attention to it? How do you get people that normally don't even, you know, care to think about it, get involved yeah. And, you know, you know the the entire world around baseball is not about AAA or the Savannah Bananas or any of this other stuff. It's about how do you pay attention to the real league, making that real. And what I've been, you know, thinking about is about this world of the cyber-physical relationship, meaning that as we start to move into the world of, you know, pitch clocks and those dynamics that are are defined, are we entering an age where we have the opportunity to start to think about how things like artificial intelligence start to take control of a game that does not have a shot clock until this year. Now we have a pitch clock, which I have issues with. But at the end of the day, are we looking at the end at the end of finite definitive ways of looking at things and start to marry those with this digital physical world. And I, I'm looking at the future of baseball in such a wonderful way that I would love to, you know, have a conversation, not on this call, but in the future about you know, what happens when we start to marry together the world of Minecraft, Roblox and Fortnite with the world of real baseball. This is a great call. Thank you for this call, Paul. Uh, I'll say this. You know, with the pitch clock and with the speeding up of the game, 
It is going to change the amount of time you have to enjoy a game. You can't get to the ballpark late this year. You know, I was listening to Evan talk about how, you know, Evan Evan watches every New York team. He watches the Mets and the Yankees. That's hard to do, especially now where the pitches are coming in every 9, 10 seconds. You're going to miss something. And if you're going to a game, Yankee Stadium is one of the worst places as far as, like, if you're late, you're late, you're beat. Because there's no quick entry. Even clear is backed up. Uh, <laughs> you got to learn how to finesse a little bit. You better know somebody or know know a thing or two about how to get in quickly. I've I figured my my way out. You'll you'll never see me standing in the Yankee Stadium even before I was on the radio. Like when you when you go to enough games, you figure out how to get in quickly. But what I'm saying is like we're now stepping into uh, this future with baseball where it's fast, 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 and it isn't this like slow, leisurely day at the ballpark where you show up early, you go in early, you watch BP, you, you like literally can make a day out of it. Um, I don't know. Yankee Stadium, they need to they they need to expedite the entry because there's going to be folks that, like with the traffic around there, the lack of parking around there, trains being delayed, stuff like that. Like I'm not playing around with, with, with Yankee Stadium this year when I go to games. Because once they get going, like, if you show up to a 7.05 game and you don't get in there till 7.30, you probably missed the first two innings. <laughs> you got to hurry up. And so much of the culture around ballparks and taking in a game is the experience. I'll give Yankee Stadium that. We got to add that. As we're saying, Yankee Stadium isn't that great. Maybe it's just because I've been there 300 times. Stands, the dugout. Billy's, Yankee Tavern, like that whole vibe, not every ballpark has that right outside of their ballpark. So that that gives Yankee Stadium a little bit of boost before and after the game. Twins, like that gives Yankee Stadium a little bit more of a boost. But I, like in the stadium, what I also give Yankee Stadium credit for is luxury. The luxury suites and legends are above, like there, there's some stadiums and ballparks, their luxury is like, I don't even think this is considered uh, a luxury. Yankee Stadium, they they do top-notch. 877-337-6666. I got a, a bunch of more that I want to add to this, but my show's over it, too. Let's take this break, and we'll come right back to it. BRB. Right back at it on the fan. On the other side of 130. My show's going to be over soon, but, you know, during the break, I was thinking about all the stuff we're talking about, and I... I had an idea years ago. Um, I know I refer to the fan cave a lot, and I feel like people don't know what the fan cave was, and it was one of the first things that Rob Manfred decided he would abolish when he became commissioner. I was in the fan cave in 2014, and we got to meet Bud Selig, and Bud came through and showed love. I'll always remember that was the first time I saw Rob Manfred. He was, like, shadowing Bud Selig, and... uh, Man, I used to think that I'd go back every year and meet the different cave dwellers. But in my class, 2014, I met a fan from, and these are like my family now. Like these are my like friends. Like we are at each other's weddings. Uh, You know, we link up whenever we're in each other's cities. But like I met Serena. My friend Serena is a Dodgers fan. Her dad was a Dodgers fan. And like they have season tickets since the 80s and I remember talking to her, and she's like, I'm like, you know, this is when I, I was broke, and I didn't live as close to the Yankee Stadium. She's like, how many Yankee games you go to a year back in 2014? I'm like, one, <laughs> if I'm lucky. 
I'm like, how many games do you go to? She's like, 71? <laughs> like, all of the home games? You know, like, I live 20 minutes from Dodger Stadium, and we have season tickets, and we go. So I started to learn about, like, different cultures and how people went to games and their ballparks and their customs. Um, you heard me mention my boys from Chicago uh, that both went on to work for the Cubs and the White Sox, so I had access to both of those ballparks. And I remember talking to them after we were in the fan cave for the 2014 season. The whole premise of the fan cave was that, like, these eight fans watch all 2,430 regular season games right here in New York City at the MLB fan cave. That's cool and all, but it would be even cooler to have an MLB fan bus and I don't know if anyone out there is listening from Major League Baseball or MLB Network or it could be anyone, a travel show, a sports show. I'd love to be your host. I would love to go city to city and show people. Like, they talk about growing the game and getting young kids into the game. Show them what goes on before we actually get into our seats and watch the game, which is now going to be two hours and 25 minutes. There's so much more that goes into a baseball trip. There's so much more that goes into going to see stadiums and take in the vibe and the culture in other places. Um, I, I love it, man. I, I'm, I'm like unlocking memories and thoughts of uh, different cities and places, and there's still um, half the league for me to go see. And I don't know. I was just saying to, to Brian, I'm like, man, I'm married. I'm about to have a kid. Like, my days of being able to, like, land in a city and the Yankees are playing whatever team and I'm going to go to all three games and I'm going to party and go to, like, those days are done. But maybe they're not done. Maybe I'll figure out a, another way to do it. It's one of my favorite things to do. I'm on that conquest to see all the ballparks. And, um, yeah, I, I hopefully can do some type of, like, series. Like, how dope would that be? They sh if, if not me, somebody should do it. Like, film some type of reoccurring series where they go to each ballpark and they try out the foods and uh, maybe you got to buy a jersey and a hat and fit in. And uh, I think I want to say there was this guy, baseball Brit. I think baseball Brit. I met him when he came to Yankee Stadium years ago. He's from overseas and he came to the United States and hit a bunch of ballparks and took in the experience. I, I guess I can count London Stadium as another ballpark I've seen. It's not really a ballpark, but I saw the Yankees and Red Sox play in London in a soccer arena in 2019, and that was sick. London, I, I love. London, London, I went to and proposed to my wife, and London, I took my wife back to for our baby moon um, around Thanksgiving. But, yeah, I love baseball, and, like, when, when you're explaining to people how you love baseball and what you love about baseball, like, part of it is going to see different ballparks, stadiums, and taking in the culture of these different fan bases and what they do. And uh, we'll get back to your calls now. I wouldn't even call up at this point. We're going to run out of time. But if you're on Twitter, the story I told about Brett Gardner hitting that three-run home run to win the game in 2017, uh, I retweeted the video that I put together back then uh, so you can actually like lay eyes on what it was like, like my vantage point from the left field bleachers at Wrigley. Uh, man, yeah, like – those, those memories you'll never forget, like going to PNC in Pittsburgh or going across the country to Dodger Stadium or even to like Minnesota. Like you just remember so many different things about like what kind of food they have, what kind of drinks they have, how the people are. And uh, that's a great part about baseball that I feel like you don't get that um, traveling and following your basketball team. And you can't really get that even 
traveling and following your football team. I think football is cool because there's tailgates. Like, I, I want to go to Orchard Park and see how Bill's Mafia gets it in. Like, I've been to Soldier Field. I've been to Jacksonville. Uh, I've been to Dallas. Dallas is sick. I mean, not just because I'm a Cowboys fan, but, like, Dallas is, is a, an awesome place to go see a football game. All right, let's take a couple more calls before this show wraps up. Keith McPherson on the fan. Let's talk to Fran in Montvale, Connecticut. Hello, hey, Fran. how are you, Keith? I'm good, man. Thanks for calling. Good, listen, I'm going to try to make this quick because it's a long story, but it has to do with the security in and out of Yankee Stadium. I'm 77, and about 50, 60 years ago, I went down to a doubleheader. Uh, they were playing the White Sox. My buddy and I drove down, went to the game, got pretty well wasted, let me tell you. And when we left the game, I'm in the truck, and I'm driving, and the cop says to me, go this way. You know, he's pointing. I said, no, 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 no. You don't understand. I got to go that way. He said, oh, yeah? He came over, got me out of the truck, put me in cuffs. My buddy said to me, um, said to him, where are you taking him so I can pick him up? He said, you don't have to worry about that. You're coming with him. He put him in cuffs. All right? We spent the night in Precinct 1 in the Bronx. Yeah, right right it's, down it's the called, street. It's called a tombs. Okay? And uh, I went to, we went to court the next morning. We paid, and you go to court right in right in prison. Yep. And, was it uh, was it a weekend? Was it a Friday? <laughs> was it? What, I, you remember it, what day? Uh, you know, I think it was. Yeah, they, think, that's when they're. That's when you got <laughs> you got to avoid the bookings, beloved. That that's when they're out to get you. <laughs> boy, let me tell you, you don't mess around in Yankee Stadium or outside the stadium. Mm-mm. You're in a heap of trouble. I mean, I never, I, and I've gone to many, many more games. I've told people this story, but. I gotta tell you, they don't mess around. Let me tell you, and uh, I uh, I love them for it. It was just I was a young punk, you know, and uh, didn't thought I was the greatest in the world. But they they taught me I wasn't. What what year was this, or what decade was this? This it probably was nineteen sixty two, sixty three. <laughs> yeah, you definitely don't want to play around back then. I mean, <laughs> great no. story. Yeah, okay, well, listen, hey, thanks a lot, Kate. Thanks for the call. Uh, I mean, <laughs> we don't have enough time for me to tell the stories about Yankee jail in Yankee Stadium. And then, like, that's what I'm talking about, knowing where you're at, right? People don't realize, like, you're in the Bronx, bro. Behave yourself. There's cops all around here. And if you act stupid, you give them a reason, or you think you're tough, or you're drunk, and you're out, you, like, know where you are. Like, <laughs> behave yourself. There is a precinct right down the street. Like, you could end up in a situation where you have to spend the weekend locked up until you can see the judge. And even outside Yankee Stadium. Man, just this past year, bro, you know how many people I've seen knocked out in front of Billy's twins because they want to be tough or they're in opposing teams' uniforms and they think that, like, like it's not sweet. <laughs> Do not show up to the Bronx. And River Ave talking trash, and you're not really from around there or know who's around. Like, shout out to the creatures and the gang that I'm usually with. Like, we are out there all the time. We know everybody. Like, we can identify everybody by name that we know. And then people that don't really, you know, come to games and aren't really at every homestand 
try and mix in. I've seen people get knocked out. Oh, here's a story. I remember watching this girl. I never saw this in my life. This girl comes out of Billy's so drunk. The cops were out there because they had to clear a scene from something that went down. And the cop car was in the front. And this girl was so drunk. And I don't know how it happened. But I guess she thought the cop car was her Uber. She opens the door and gets in the back. I don't know how that happens. Like, usually those, those are locked. But then her boyfriend is looking for her, like, frantically. Like, hey, have you seen? And we're all kind of just sitting there out in Twins where, you know, they have the DJ and you can get drinks. And we're all kind of just chilling. But then this guy puts two and two together. She's in the cop car, gets her out of the cop car. She's just crying. Now the police are involved. I'm like, did she think the cop car was an Uber? How did she even get in? I'm like, oh, Yankee Stadium is nuts. Yankee Stadium is a different kind of place. And I, I don't mean to talk down on Yankee Stadium because we're talking up these other stadiums. Shout out to uh, Eric on Twitter. Uh, Eric Sapp, who reached out to me, you know, and, and he gave credit to the old Yankee Stadium and the new Yankee Stadium. He said, the you know, the original stadium, it was already renovated once. It was time for a new one. And I believe that, you know, I wasn't up here going to the old stadium. I just hear so many people talk about the old stadium, the old stadium, the old stadium compared to the new one. It's a different look. It's across the street. And, and a different vibe, and you you lose some of that character uh, building a new place as we we're talking about Wrigley and Fenway Park. But, like, our stadium is a, is a good stadium um, and a great experience. I'm sure people come up to Yankee Stadium and have a blast that have never seen it. I'm not jaded by it. I just I, – I love baseball. I love other parks. I love seeing how other teams do it, how other fan bases do it. And uh, I realize, like, this is New York. He also wrote to me on Twitter talking about, like, hey, don't forget, like, you know, metro cards, tra- crowded trains, traffic, like that's New York experience. Like they put the stadium in the Bronx. And I and I think that's ve- that's like very special about like Yankee Stadium. It is in the Bronx. Um, it is uptown in the BX. And if you ever spent time in the BX, like, you know, the Yankees will always be there. The Bronx Bombers. Chris is in Queens on the fan. What's up? Hey, so, uh, yeah, I started this you know, quest to do all the stadiums back in the 80s. Uh, I've done 27 out of the 30 current ballparks. Nice. Yeah, it started in 1986. I had a buddy who at one time worked for the Yankees. He said, hey, let's go to let's go to Boston to see the Yankees play the Red Sox at Fenway. And this was back then when, believe it or not, a grandstand ticket for the Red Sox was $8. We paid a scalper 25 <laughs> and sat like a few rows behind where the Yankee wives were sitting. And then after the game, he knew a bar where, like, some of the Yankees hung out. We went to the bar, and he knew Dave Rigetti. He bought Dave Rigetti a beer, went over, said hello. He introduced me to him. And then he said, like, hey, Dave, do you think you can get his tickets for tomorrow night's game? He's like, you used to work for the Yankees. Now you're begging me for tickets. He goes, I'm not begging you. I'm asking you. How many do you need? Two. Oh, yeah, no problem. Two tickets, no problem. Yeah, for me and my buddy. So Dave Rigetti got his tickets for the next night. And uh, so that's what started me. And then, you know, I drove to Toronto in 89 to see uh, Skydome had just opened. And then I saw, you know, then I went down to Camden Yards. And and, I was, and then once it started, I'm like, well, I got to do all of them now. You know, once I yeah. got off the ball rolling. So I've done, the only three I have not done are Colorado, the new park in Texas, and the new park in St. Louis. But all the other 27, I've been there. And in 2003, I think it was, I was at a game at Camden Yards. I love Camden Yards. Definitely one of my favorite parks. And do you remember the blackout? I think it was in 2003. There was a blackout that hit the Northeast, and I was at the game in Baltimore watching the Yankees, 
And I looked on the out-of-town scoreboard and said that the Mets in San Francisco were postponed. And I said to the person sitting next to me, I said, wow, it's raining up in New York. It was like 95 degrees out. And the person goes, no, it's not raining. The game was postponed. I said, why? He said, well, because of the blackout. I was like, what blackout? I didn't even know. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like there was a blackout that went from, like, Ottawa to Philadelphia. Like, you know, and so it was great that I was down in Baltimore. I was in a air-conditioned hotel while everyone else that was back in New York was like, you know. Good timing. Yeah, it was, it was a really good time, but yeah. And you mentioned about PNC in Pittsburgh. Uh, I did that as part of a trip in 2001, the year it opened, and I did uh, four ballparks in five days. I did uh, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Cleveland. Drove 1,600 miles and knocked off four parks in five days. And yeah, PNC is a really great park with the great view of the uh, Roberto Clemente Bridge and everything. But but like it's like you said, you, you know, you have all these memories. And I don't even remember necessarily the games, but you brought up before about that all the ballparks are different. And that's why I want to see them. You know, because it's not like when you go to a basketball or hockey arena. We're pretty much the same. All the ballparks are different. I get there early, two hours before game time. I go watch batting practice. I walk around the park. I take pictures from all different angles of the park and, you know, get my picture taken in every park. And, and it's a great way to see the country because I've yep. been to cities that I never would have gone to if it wasn't for uh, all these ballparks. So I just got the three more to go, and then uh, and then I'm done. I complete my bucket list of doing a game in every park. And I got to tell you, with the way they're screwing up the game with baseball, with all these crazy rules where, you know, uh, the, the pitch clock, you have to pitch to three batters, a ghost runner in extra innings, uh, they're getting rid of the shift. They're like, you know what, I'm going to see these three ballparks, and then if I never go to another game again, I'm fine with it because I just I love the parks, but – yeah, Mission complete after that, you know? Yeah. I was fortunate enough to be at Game 6 in 2009 when the Yankees won the World Series against the Phillies. So, you know, I can't top that. So, yeah, once I see these three parks, uh, I'm, I'm good. Then I'm set. Awesome, man. It's such a flex. Thanks for the call, Chris. Like, I just think it's such a flex to, to tell someone how many ballparks you've been to. And, you know, like I have some friends that are up there in the 20s. and I'm jealous. I'm like, man, I got to hurry up. I got to find the time. Like, life gets in the way. But I think it's super cool to tell someone that you're a baseball fan, and especially like a Yankees or Mets fan in New York where everybody wants to come here. This is a a tourist attraction. That's why I laugh at people when they say, oh, the Yankees will get it when the fans stop showing up. I'm like, that's never going to happen, bro. What are you talking about? Like, do you not go to the games? It's always somebody's birthday party. There's always foreigners at the games. There's always somebody whose first time is at Yankee Stadium. It's always going to be packed. Um, let me add a couple things. I just was tweeting with uh, my guy Glenn Blackman, who works at the Devils, and he was talking about Atlanta. And I think Atlanta, Atlanta in the last, like, 30 years, uh, 40 years, they had three different ballparks. I love what they did with this newest ballpark. Uh, Mets fans, I think I've told you, if you get a chance – to go down to Atlanta and see their state-of-the-art new ballpark called Truist Park. It was SunTrust Park when I went there. It's brand new. There's so many cool places to watch the game. They have their, like, monument park built into um, the stadium. Go get a tour. Go get a beer. There's there's restaurants built in. Um, they have this, like, Coors Light chill chamber where you can watch on the field level, like, behind the right fielder. And uh, I just think that the, out of all the new ballparks I've seen, Atlanta's got one of the best ones. What else? Uh, the last caller was mentioning Camden Yards. 
you you go to Pickles. You go to Pickles, you go to Camden Yards. It's like if you go to Camden Yards and you don't go to Pickles, you're missing a whole experience. I went to Preakness. Uh, I don't know if you guys know what Preakness is. Pimlico, the racetrack down there in Baltimore. I went to Preakness in 2016, I think. Armin Van Buren and Donald Glover were performing. Um, I saw Cam Newton there. I think I saw Dave Portnoy there. And I went to school at uh, James Madison University for three semesters. So it's in Maryland. I knew a bunch of people from JMU that were there. It was a party. And they have this beer fest where you pay $20, you get a plastic mug, and there's endless kegs. And you can just fill up the mug all day on the infield. And then the ponies are racing around you. And you can still go place bets. So I went to Preakness during the day. And then I went to see, again, Mike Trout and the Angels versus the Orioles that night, and it was insane. It was absolutely nuts. It was one of those one of those like sporting event days where it's like, all right, this is like this is a long day. We're gonna go to Preakness, drink all day there, party all day there, and then we're going to Pickles, and then we're going to Camden Yards at night, and things are gonna get blurry, and you're not gonna remember much. But when you wake up tomorrow, you're gonna be like, wow, that was sick. Jeff is in Astoria on the fan. What's up, Jeff? Hey, what's up, Keith? So I've done I've done all the American League and the National League East parks, and I, I have to say, just to give you my top three, outside of Truist Park, which gets just a, a notable just a notable mention, definitely the Chop House is very cool. Probably the best seat in the house yeah. in right field. Yep. Yeah, definitely a lot of room there. But but top three: um, Fenway, then Camden, and then. One park that is obviously no longer in existence, Globe Life Park. And the reason why, great story behind you. I'm going to take you back to September 27, 2019. Yankees versus the Rangers, the, the last season of the park. Um, the last season. So um, I caught two home runs in the same game. Number 300 what? by Giancarlo Stanton. You can go back to YouTube. Just YouTube it. You can see. You can watch both home runs. So the 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 Stanton home run was number three hundred, a, a historic home run. I, I still have it to this day, and uh, it was just it was just a crazy flurry of activities. The ball looked like it was literally going to go onto the concourse area in left center field. It hit a metal soffit, which is basically a, a, like a piping hanging out of the Yankee bullpen on the wall. So it, it basically bounced off of the soffit and ricocheted right into that left center field area. And I snagged it. It was crazy. Like WPX, like literally put the camera on me like for maybe about a minute. Then fast forward to, to the top of the ninth, I caught Austin Romine's home run on the berm on one bounce. And it was, it was just absolutely an amazing experience. Not only that, you know, Forget about the home runs. It was against. It was I caught home runs against my with my favorite team. So I mean, you cannot top that at all. And it, it's probably outside of like having the best turkey legs. Uh, it was probably like my best moment, my best memorable moment. Yeah, I, I mean, anytime I you're had. able to get a home run ball, let alone on the road, uh, that's that's insane. Oh, it's a great amazing. story. Like Zach, so the stand home run was three hundred, and Zach Campbell was actually there. So we were chatting. It was like, and of course, like, Zach um, Campbell was there. They, I'm, I'm watching it yeah, now. Yeah. I got it on YouTube. 
Okay, it bounces. Okay, you're in the tank top with the glove? So anyway, like, he was asking me, like, did the Yankee bullpen want the ball back? And at the time, literally, they were going neck and neck with the Minnesota Twins for most home runs in the season. So I think the Yankees actually had a lead. I think they were up by a home run, but but I yeah, La Bamba squad. I remember. Yep. Yeah, they ended up with uh, about three oh three, and I think the the Twins ended up about three oh five. So anyway, I mean, it was just an absolute, just you know, amazing moment, and I got a piece of history um, that I came out with Texas with. So. Awesome, Jeff. Absolutely. Thank you for the call. Everybody, thank you for the baseball ballpark conversation. I think we killed like the last hour of the show on that tangent. And that's fun, man. We're, we're getting close. I'm in here watching the World Baseball Classic and opening day is upon us. Uh, daylight savings time. It's about to get warmer. Try and stay warm out there tonight. Keith McPherson on the fan. That's all I've got. I think I have a five-hour show coming up later at 7. I'll see you then. Keep it locked right here. Salicata's coming up next. You're listening to the fan. Don't go anywhere. See you soon.